Hi, everyone. Welcome to the hey. to this special episode of Svelte Radio about uh, TypeScript. We have a couple of guests this time. Um, maybe uh, we can start by introducing ourselves, I guess. So maybe, Sean, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, hi, I'm Sean, uh, also also known as Swix on Line, <laughs> um, and uh, and I've been you know I've been I've been sort of involved in like the Svelte community side of things. Uh, I previously was very active in like React and TypeScript, um, and I think the the TypeScript support for Svelte has been always like at the back of my mind because I, I don't really like super use it, but I know it's important for a lot of people. Um, and uh, you know, I I recently finished up a a, ma a major project, so now I'm like. A little bit more free to like dig in and dive in, uh, and I think language servers are kind of the future of every dev tool. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited as this is I, I view this as something that's pretty foundational to to um, Svelte and but but to like everything uh, that is interesting in development. So that's me. Yeah. All right, um, Anthony. Cool. Yeah. So my name's Anthony. My online name is Anthony. Uh, I'm the CTO of Bionk. Uh, I'm also a Svelte maintainer since sometime last November, December time. I can't remember exactly when. Um, that's about it, really. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm Kevin. I I go by the name Kev online or Kevin Madron on Twitter. I run a site called Svelte School, which has about zero content on it right now. Um, but it's coming, I promise. And I work uh, at a company called BuddyBase as well. Doing, we're doing a low-code kind of uh, tool, actually in Svelte, so that's pretty nice. All right, uh, our guests. Um, I'll start. Yeah, uh, go ahead. <laughs> hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Otter. Um, I my real name is Otter, and my handle is Otter. Um, <laughs> I know, I'm like Anthony. Um, you have a weird name, first name spelling, and you uh, you get access to be able to use it in a lot of places. Uh, I've been doing JavaScript for about two, three years. Uh, but prior and prior to that, I was an iOS developer, uh, where I do a lot of large scale open source projects. Um, and right now I actually work on the TypeScript team. Um, and so I sort of, you'll find out my risk of roles and responsibilities and, and all this mess later, but, um, until then, uh, I'm here to, you know, say hi and cheerlead on. Great. Cool. Okay, yeah. hi, my name is uh, Simon. I go by the nickname of uh, Dumdidum. Uh, I work as a software developer at a company called Axo. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a web front-end uh, enthusiast. I, I have a long history with Angular. And last fall, I, uh, I toyed around with Svelte and got really hooked. And um, But the TypeScript support at that point uh, was not that great yet. and. Uh, I don't know. At uh, some point, I saw Arthur's uh, issue on Svelte, and uh, I don't know. I just jumped in, and uh, yeah, a couple of months later, here I am, uh, <laughs> now a core contributor to uh, the language tools repo. Yeah, that's nice. great. All right. Uh, so, so for those of us that aren't uh, huge uh, TypeScript buffs like me, I, I've only dabbled in it. So, what is TypeScript? Anyone want to? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Okay. Uh, I, so, uh, or that, or that's good. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Go on. I think of TypeScript as two different levels. Uh, TypeScript is a programming language that sits on top of JavaScript that provides a few extra features that makes it possible to scale your code bases uh, via tooling. Uh, effectively allowing you to say, you know, this function only accepts these parameters and it only returns this sort of thing instead of you having to write tests to prove that. Um, it's sort of like, you know, uh, like a very, very fancy linter that takes into account how all these pieces work. But the, the other angle of how TypeScript works is that it also provides almost all tooling for JavaScript. So a lot of like editor support in VS Code and uh, like, Atom, um, any popular extension for most uh, IDEs uses TypeScript under the hood, uh, in part because of what we're going to talk about in language servers. Um, and TypeScript provides all the tooling for JavaScript. So if you've ever really had an error message that didn't come from ESLint in your editor, that probably came from TypeScript. And so TypeScript support represents both the TypeScript support for the language, but also drastically improved JavaScript tooling as well. I'm already learning today. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> I tend I, I tend I tend to view like um I mean I, I we should we should probably ask Simon this because uh I think Angular was like the big turning point in TypeScript adoption. Um, yeah, I think and, so. uh, and 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 uh, I I wasn't around for that. I only you know started in JavaScript a couple two three years ago. Actually, basically kind of the same time as Orda, but I've done I've done a lot less. Uh, but the, the way I explain TypeScript is actually uh, it's like an enhanced documentation, um, like enforced documentation. Like it's you're documenting your code, and nobody's against documentation. But I think like when you document your code, you want to get the most mileage that you can out of it. Uh, so why not have the machine read your docs and enforce it for you, right? Like usually docs are meant for humans, uh, but you can have machine read readable docs that that help you. Uh, that just like pops up like you know autocomplete uh, information. It, it it helps you it helps to warn you when you're when you like accidentally change your your function return signature that kind of thing. Um, so I think I think that's uh, my two word summary is is enforced documentation. But uh, you know there's there's a, there's different perspectives on this. <laughs> What I also really like about TypeScript is that uh, you can just gradually adopt it. So you have a JavaScript code base, and uh, I mean, TypeScript is just a superset. So you can gradually add types, and uh, yeah, the, the interoperability is just great. And uh, so that uh, it's really good. All right. Yeah, there's like many people having many perspectives on it is making it really hard to, to redesign the website and try and uh, design like how we pitch TypeScript. Uh, but I think it's just, I think both of all of these explanations are all absolutely correct. All right, that's great. So so what's the what's the current situation in, in Svelteland? Like, um, where are we so, at? I'll let, you, I'll let you take that, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, there are actually two things to uh, the TypeScript support in Svelte. One is uh, the pre-processing that needs to be done uh, for the build. Um, so I don't know if you use Rollup, then you add the preprocessor from Svelte preprocess, for example, and that uh, preprocesses your TypeScript and uh, spits out JavaScript, and that is then uh, handed to the compiler and the rest of the build and that just then uh, bundles the rest, and then uh, your app works. 
But the other side is that um, you also have the IDE, the tooling. So uh, if you're coding in your editor, like for uh, VS Code, uh, you want the syntax highlighting, you want the auto completions and uh, all those things. And uh, yeah, that was uh, lacking uh, from for most of the time uh, since previously, I would say. And um, so Svelte preprocess was already around uh, for quite some time, I think now. But um, yeah, I mean, if people talk about I want to use TypeScript and where's the TypeScript support? They they don't want to know. Okay, uh, I can add this preprocessor, and then uh, I I don't know. I I do code uh, completely without syntax highlighting. I don't, I think that's not not fun. And so uh, I think this is the second part that is crucial to really get the adoption going. And um, yeah, this is uh, what we are working on with uh, language tools right now. So this is language tools relates to language server, right? So what is a language server? Yeah, a language server. That's um, I think Microsoft invented it. It's a. Uh, it's based on the the language server protocol. Uh, I did not know about that recently too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's basically a, a specification. Um, you both the client, so the the, the editor and the server, um, has to implement. And um, the good thing about that is. Um, if uh, your editor supports that, you can just plug in the language server and then just reuse the same uh, language server for every IDE that supports it. So right now we have the uh, official extension for VS Code. And uh, I think, I don't know, 15 minutes ago, Orta <laughs> uh, started merging in uh, the same for Atom. And um, I don't know, the, the, the glue code is, I don't know, it's one JavaScript file with 20 lines of code, and that's it. Uh, that's all you need to uh, to write to have uh, the same support in Atom as well. So um, that's really, that's really uh, the huge deal about the language server protocol, that uh, the, the interoperability uh, gets really nice. And, uh, nice. Yeah. So would, would the same thing apply for like Vim? Do I, do I actually have to run a server, or can I do the same thing with Vim? I think Vim supports it too. Okay. Yeah, the server is an interest. Like the the term server in this case is also an interesting like counterexample. Like the server talks about server and clients. I don't, uh, you can't see me air quoting, but uh, <laughs> if you're listening on audio, so that, that doesn't necessarily have to be a separate process. Uh, it, it, like in the case of some of our things, that's just a an npm uh, package that like just talks over uh like i don't know ipc sometimes okay. um, so the idea is just that there is a server and a client and so the editor is always a the server and the language ish thing uh is always the client okay and the good thing here is you avoid build matrices so i you know i used to i've been building developer tools for a while and I used to work on like TextMate and things like that. Uh, and back then every editor had to build every language support into the editor. Um, and you know, that meant C++ support was pretty weak because it was mostly focused on scripting languages, but Ruby was really good in this, in this editor. And so you would kind of pick your editor based on how well a particular language might have been supported, but now effectively like the tools for your language is centralized into the like the language itself 
So the responsibility has shifted from editors building like integration, the editor makers building integration themselves into the people that build the thing also make a sort of the framework for uh, their developer tools. That's why like Svelte language tools is in Svelte, the organization, or um, sort of that's where the cons like everyone does all the work instead of you know VS Code Svelte being different from Adam Svelte. They are all the actual hard work just happens in a single place. Cool, and that makes life so much easier in the long yeah. run. <laughs> yeah, so you build you build support once and you put it in every ID that's possible or every text search or whatever. That's very cool. So yeah, a language server can support any language at all? Language servers, are, so like any protocol, it's biased. Um, so language servers are, are biased towards programming languages, which should be not sure. that controversial. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I've been in meetings with uh, like Facebook and Microsoft where we've had discussions about whether language server language server protocol should be extended to handle build tools. And like, you know, I worked on Jest's editor tooling, and the, there was a good question of like, should Jest, a test runner, be considered something that should live in a language server? Should there be a language server for your test runner because of its watch mode and because like, you know, the interactivity that I was building into the tooling was was realistically a similar like set of domains. And then, you know, all these other lang all these other editors would get the same uh, like experiences just by having like a tiny extension to the language server protocol that says, here's how you run a build tool. Here's some of the feedback from that build tool. Um, and so like if you once you start thinking about the idea of sort of centralizing the way in which editors talk to tools, then you really could see more cases than what we see currently. Cool. Very cool. Um, I'm looking at the language server repo. Uh, and uh, so it looks like there's it's it's kind of like a uh, there's there's notifications and then there's requests and response. Is it's like a very you know it's very sort of basic constrained thing where you just publish events and subscribe to events that kind of thing. Yeah, so it, it depends on the level of abstraction in which you're working. Um, for example, yeah. we use the npm module that's provided by the VS Code team. Um, and so effectively, you just kind of have to create objects and put them in the right place and give the, and like subclass the right things. And it handles all of the back and forthing between you. But the language server protocol itself has like set commands with set responses. Um, and so it's, you know, your job as the editor to make sure that you send the right commands when a cursor is moved or when a file is changed. Uh, and it's and it's your job as a language server to respond to those events correctly. You don't have to respond to all of them, but uh, you know the order in which you do things is important. And um, having an abstraction like the npm module just means that we don't actually, in, in the Svelte case, we don't actually care about the, the sort of API response JSON like data level of integration. We only care at this higher level of uh, you know. A document has changed. Not necessarily. Here's a JSON request from the language from an IDE with this bits of data. Does that fit, Simon? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that fits. And uh, also because it's written in TypeScript, we get the great types, and uh, yeah, we pretty know what uh, pretty much know what to expect from from the events that come in, and uh, we know what we have to return. So that's uh, 
pretty self-documented. That's that's really good. Cool. Um, are, are we are we also so um, just just to be clear that we have all the pieces laid out before we sort of uh, actually dive into each of them. Um, so, there, uh, how does the language server interact with TypeScript? Like, since we're trying to do some sort of type checking, right? Are, are we keeping some sort of red, like how much how much are we doing? How much is TypeScript doing for us when it comes to uh, implementing this Svelte language server? TypeScript is all uh, pretty much doing everything for us. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's there's the there's the type there's a TypeScript language service. It's uh, something that sits on top of the compiler API of TypeScript, and it provides all sorts of convenience methods for like uh, get the go to definition at this point or get the hover info at this point. So. Uh, a lot of stuff we do is uh, just forwarded to the uh, language service of TypeScript. And um, at, uh, in some cases, we have to do some uh, um, uh, pre-processing or uh, clean up some uh, corner cases where we don't want to uh, show some uh, certain errors or something like that. But uh, the main work is done in the language server of TypeScript itself. and. Uh, that's really awesome. And again, to reiterate, the JavaScript stuff does this too. Yeah, right, right. So you don't uh, need to have a TypeScript uh, project for that. It also checks and uh, gets the info for JavaScript, right? Right. So, so all, all users as fault are going to benefit from this from this work, which is which is really yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, okay. Uh, uh, I, the, the next thing I was going to talk about was like, how do we use this or <laughs> like like is is this is this published yet because um right now it looks like i have to build from source or something um i just don't know what this yeah i i'm just looking at the repo so right now this is using <laughs> i just look at the repo to see what's happening um right now this so we i have opinions now on build deploys and you're going to hear it because this is a perfect case for it um uh, which is not build on every like commit, but deploy on every day if it ch if something has changed. So there is a nightly yeah, build of nightly, every single thing version. that's in there. Yeah, and then uh, eventually, with like I can, I keep bringing it up, and Simon says like, here's the list of things. Uh, we'll get to that <laughs> later. Uh, that's like when we decide to make this like production. Right now, this is a nightly build on VS Code that's classed as you know a beta. Uh, that's like version 99.50 or something where it automatically increments the last version. Um, so anyone can try it exactly what's on master right now. Um, and we also deploy the language server on every, we, we do deploy the language server every day when there's a change because uh, it's less of a worry of that because people will use a lock file to, to make sure that that's consistent on their own projects. Um, so it's all available uh, except the new Svelte Atom that's literally in a PR um, that I shipped this morning, and I'm learning how to deploy it right now. But all this stuff just auto deploys. Yeah, just go so, to the marketplace of Visual Studio Code, and uh, Svelte Beta is the name, and then then you get oh, it. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, ignoring the Svelte language server, I confirmed it. No, it's and it's, it's, it's Svelte Beta. Beta. There's there's a Svelte. That's a that's a really old version of Svelte Beta. <laughs> it's um, 
we took over um, the, the foundation work was uh, by a guy called Unwritten Fun. I, I don't know his real name. Uh, James um, Myrtle. Yeah. Ah, okay. And um, yeah, we, we, we took that as a base and uh, kept going from there. And uh, well, Svelte is still at this base. And uh, yeah, once we <laughs> are production ready, uh, then we hopefully can take over this one and uh, yeah, all the 80,000 installs will be like, whoa, <laughs> what's, what's happening? <laughs> so yeah, much money in bug reports. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <of the> reports. <laughs> so, so, there's a drop in replacement for James Wordle thing because it's not maintaining anymore, right? Something like that. Or yeah, this is the official one, basically. Maybe it's worth just talking about the history of this, like of like the decision making process to make all this. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because, like, I am I'm definitely a foreigner to Svelte. I'm probably the person with the most amount of commits in in like the Svelte org that has basically never used it outside of a Hello World application. Um, the I was looking at like all of the ecosystem to try and figure out like what what are the currently the best tools what is like the best foundation and so there's an issue that i wrote that described like the long-term process of how we could get to like svelte language tools as being about as reasonable as uh views the so view has a core contributor that works on vs code um, and so he had used view as a way to um to kind of sort of prove out a few ideas about how language server protocol, how, how language languages could work when they're sort of multi-languages. Um, and he maintains an extension called Vita, V-E-T-U-R. And that had a, like a few sort of like very clever ideas about how to sort of maintain multiple language service, language servers in the same thing. Because if you think about Svelte, Svelte has HTML, JavaScript, CSS, all in the same file. Um, and so how can you support ecosystem at, to like a very rich level as well as the really deep um, CSS or I think it supports SCSS and maybe even Pug. I'm not sure about Pug. I'm pretty sure I've seen issues with people talking about it. Um, and so I pitched in the issue uh, that we should take most of the ideas from uh, Viter and sort of reapply them in the context of Svelte. Um, and, and so an offer to sort of help the foundations of that and sort of provide like a direction and I guess sort of central way of describing how all these things should work. Uh, and yeah, I'm lucky that Simon came in and is actually doing a lot of the real work. But um, wait, what was my original point? <laughs> uh, but from there, it's mainly just been trying to make, uh, trying to figure out what what is actually needed and how all the pieces come together. And a lot of that is now mainly done. Uh, and so we're trying to figure out what it takes to get to be production. Yeah, big shout outs to Vitoro because, uh, especially in the start when I had no idea what what this language server thing is, and I just. I just uh, read through the repository and uh, a lot of early work is copy pasta from there. So um, it's, it's really a great, great foundation. And uh, yeah, so. Sounds great. So, awesome. so what, so do, I mean, do we actually have like yeah. uh, 
finished TypeScript support? Can you actually use TypeScript support like in Svelte today? Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, it's uh, there are some. I think there are, is an open bug about that you cannot import interfaces uh, or something like that because it then screws up the build. But apart from that, you you can uh, you can pretty much use it, and also the the IDE support is uh, already quite good, I think. So uh, yeah, My you can use it. Using it, and she's she's doing well with it, so it's, it definitely works. It's good. I'm actually using the Svelte beta plugin in my ID rather than using the James Bertels one. I'm not using TypeScript at all, but I'm using the plugin and it works pretty, pretty flawlessly. In fact, I've not seen any real issues. So it's in a good place. Good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> good work. Great. I started pushing. Oh, go for it. Oh, um, you went. Do, do we still need to use preprocessors then? Like, because uh, you, you're saying, you're kind of saying it's, it's incomplete or something. But it sounds like we have to use both, right? Yeah, that's actually why I was going to move this to. Oh, um, okay. So perfect timing. Great question. <laughs> uh, so yes, we still have to use preprocessors, um, and there is an issue that I've posted on Jest, uh, Jest on the Svelte compiler specifically about trying to add TypeScript support to the compiler in a way that doesn't uh, substantially increase the domain in which the compiler uh, owns. So think about it as like, you know, we can add all this IDE level tooling, uh, but it has to go through the preprocessor to be useful. And uh, my pitch is there is a way to make it so that like just TypeScript support can be done in the compiler in a way that's like not a substantial amount of code to maintain. Um, and that just means that TypeScript will work out of the box. Um, and whether that ends up happening or not is still is still up in the air. Um, but effectively, if that gets merged, then you know, out of the box you get full TypeScript support and you just have to, you know, change your script to script lang TypeScript. Uh, and then uh, then your sort of build process and your IDE processes both can just make assumptions about how all of this works and you'll only need to use a preprocessor if you want to have something like pug or scss um or some of the other different parts of your tooling um and so until that either gets merged or someone well the issue doesn't get merged until the core contributors agree on whether that's an acceptable trade-off because it does break their rules a little bit um, and opens the door for, well, why isn't SCSS included by default? And why isn't other things that other people like included by default? So there's, there's a good argument that it might not ever get ha happen. Um, the, if you want TypeScript support, you'll specifically have to have um, the preprocessor. But I think there's also the documentation side can, can just be a, a fix, like, uh, even in the TypeScript compiler, we don't use TypeScript everywhere um, for like scripts and stuff. We use JavaScript, and you know TypeScript supports if you add at the top of a file slash slash at stuff uh, the JavaScript file slash slash ts hyphen check, then you get the TypeScript compiler actually running and and doing your you know, documentation style linting. Uh, inside your uh, your JavaScript files, and maybe that's enough, right? Like, 
then you don't need a preprocessor, then Svelte, the compiler just works out of the box with your TypeScript-ish JavaScript. Um, and that's maybe enough. It's hard to say, but... Yeah, but but even right now uh, with uh, this thing not merged, it's it's really easy right now to to get TypeScript support going because all you need is the Svelte preprocess npm package. You add that to your rollup or webpack build, and um, then if you add the slang uh, equals ts thing at the top of your script, then it <clears throat> auto detect auto detects that it's. Um, uh, yeah, TypeScript and uh, preprocesses that, and so for the the build, it it just works, and for the IDE, it it even works without uh, without that, because um, under the hood we have <laughs> there's a there's a Svelte config uh, .js you need uh, for uh, more advanced preprocessing stuff. So if you, for example, want uh, CSS or less or something like that pre-processed, and you need that. Um, but if it's just TypeScript, you don't don't need that. And um, a fallback version uh, inside the language server is used, which supports TypeScript, but not more. And um, yeah, even even that is only used to uh, pre-process the Svelte file. So um, the Svelte compiler can then give us uh, diet diagnostics that we can display, such as, uh, hey, you've got an unused uh, CSS class down here, or, uh, hey, your image tag should have an alt uh, attribute, or something like that. So uh, this is the only the only uh, <laughs> um, place where the preprocessor is actually needed. For the rest, uh, for, the, for the typing support, uh, the preprocessor is actually not needed. So... So I think it's worth mentioning actually that the Svelte preprocess is another project that was created by um, Kazerman outside of the Svelte org, and it's something we kind of brought in and blessed because it's it's so commonly used. It's almost part of Svelte anyway now. Um, yeah. So much like the like the TypeScript support, TypeScript plugins, they've been brought in and made official. So so yeah, I mean even if it never makes it into core, it may become such a close part of the of Svelte itself that you wouldn't even notice that you weren't that it wasn't in core kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. If, or if you if if we add a I don't know CLI or a TypeScript starter uh, later on that just have this part uh, right into the uh, rollup config or webpack config, then yeah, people will never notice probably. Yeah, it could be a little bit like JSX and React, right? Like JSX doesn't get shipped with React, uh, right? <laughs> it doesn't. Surprising. <laughs> um, and so you know there are multiple implementations of it and uh, you know you, you could in theory choose it everybody chooses Babel but you know TypeScript implemented it completely differently I mean to the spec but it's a completely different implementation um, and people just have to include something that gives you the ability to include that language ex uh, extension and maybe maybe this just includes Svelte preprocess in your project Seems reasonable. I mean, if it's that reasonable, I didn't realize it worked out of the box with TypeScript without having to actually do the config. Uh, <laughs> that's new to me. Uh, so maybe yeah, it's undocumented right now because uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I maybe I shouldn't have said this now because uh, now people are 
thinking, okay, I don't need this config right now, but okay, yeah. So for TypeScript, it should work, but for everything else, you need that svelte.config.js. Yeah. It's just, it's just that uh, many I mean, people come in and say, okay, why isn't it working um, for me, or why is it throwing these errors? And I think, uh, to, to, to uh, rightfully so, that many people expect it to just work, and um, it's a little bit unique to an uh, IDE plugin that you need a extra file where you add some uh, preprocessor options. So um, yeah, I, I can uh, understand that that's a lot of confusion at the start. So um, yeah, just lowering that entry barrier a little for TypeScript at least, that was the goal there. I mean, this has changed my mind on like, are we at a point where we should start making a CLI template? So congrats, we should like, <laughs> make a CLI template for, you know, the, the what, what is it, dgit, I think is used on the main website. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think if that's enough, if you can do TypeScript support without the config file, I think we should make the, the repo for, uh, for, for TypeScript support. Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty good idea because there's a few unofficial ones now and they work to varying degrees to not, you know, varying degrees up to date and not. So it would be good to have an official one, definitely. Sounds good. Um, uh, I was going to ask, like, uh, I, I don't know if anyone else has questions, but like, I, I was going to ask for, since, you know, since we have Oda and um, Simon here, like, I was going to ask for, like, just like a tour of, the language tools like we're, we're all on uh you know a video chat um it's it's actually very nice to onboard to a, to a code base and, and because like other people in the future might see this uh on our on our youtube as well like um maybe we could we could do a, a quick a quick tour and then just like talk about the you know important things to know about about this this uh this code base because uh, i'm pretty interested to get started on that as well so that's that a good idea simon yeah sure yeah uh, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> that you weren't expecting to be semi-live coding. <laughs> yeah, we're just, no, we're just like touring around the GitHub, right? Uh, uh, unless, unless you got, you've already got the code running, and then we can see that. However, however you want to do this, I, I don't want no pressure, but uh, I always think like video is always better to learn. So, so you mean I, I share my screen and then uh, go around? Yeah, there's yeah, a screen share thing in the bottom if that works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is a language tools repo and. Um, yeah, it's uh, basically all the important stuff is inside uh, packages. It's also uh, laid out here in the readme. So uh, first, there's the Svelte language server. This is uh, the one that uh, well act actually does all the work. Um, then there's uh, Svelte check. That's a new command line tool where you can basically um, do a one-time check of all your Svelte files and it gives you the diagnostics of that. So you can, I don't know, use that as part of a build step or uh, yeah, just uh, from the command line. Um, then there's a Svelte VS Code. Uh, that's the extension for VS Code. And um, that is then shipped to the, the marketplace. It's just basically some, some glue code uh, to connect to the language server. And um, then there's a Svelte to TSX that's uh, from Alf Nelson. Uh, we brought that into the uh, repo uh, about, I don't know, two weeks ago. And um, 
This is used under the hood by the Svelte language server to actually convert the Svelte file into a JSX file so we can uh, do the type checking and hover stuff uh, around there. So that's, uh, that's really important and that uh, really gave us a big boost uh, in regards of uh, IntelliSense and so on. Um, yeah, so where should we go next? Yeah, maybe the Svelte language server itself. If it loads, okay, it loads. So uh, your computer's under pressure now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so inside the language server, there's a this folder plugins, and that's um, basically um, the the sub language servers, so to speak. So there's a so part that uh, deals with type sub TypeScript support the, uh, or and JavaScript support. Uh, there's the sub uh, plugin which deals with uh, actually pre-processing the Svelte files and getting the diagnostics um, from the Svelte compiler. There's an HTML uh, uh, plugin that uh, is also basically. Uh, just a forwarder to the uh, HTML language server from um, from VS Code, I think, and the same for yeah. and the same for CSS. So, uh, yeah, if you if you hover over uh, a certain po uh, a certain uh, thing in the file in the Celta file, actually, uh, all these are requested to provide some hover information, for example. And then uh, the first one, which does not return null, because he knows, okay, that that is uh, that is in my space. I, I know how to handle this. This one uh, then returns uh, the the info, and um, that is then displayed. So yeah, so these are living side by side right now. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I've said this once, and I'll say it again. These are not separate processes. Each one of these all live in the same one process. So uh, for us as an abstraction, they're basically NPM modules. Yeah, exactly. So the the, the HTML or CSS uh, server that uh, we forward this to, that's just a, a HTML, uh, NPM package. And uh, we just, uh, for example, let's see the code. Uh, da, da, da. So. To hover, for example, it's it's just uh, the 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 document comes in. Okay, is this feature en enabled in the in the user config? If not, return null, and then it's just uh, get me the HTML document, and then it's just uh, we forward it to the to the language server. This is the uh, the um, HTML here. This this one, the VS Code HTML language server. Um, yeah, and that's uh, basically it for the HTML stuff. It's just, uh, yeah, looking at is this feature enabled, transforming the document, uh, and then um, getting the infos from the language server. And this is the same for the um, CSS. And for Svelte and TypeScript, it gets a little, uh, yeah, more complex. Um, I don't know. Should we introduce this? Where does this dot lang come from? It's a class. 
So uh, if I recall, these come from these are yeah, subclass from a VS Code. Th this dot lang is the uh, get language service. Um, this is just um, uh, from from HTML language service. So it just an instantiates instantiates the language server right uh, right there, um, and then we just forward it to that. And um, to get the on click uh, uh, and the other stuff that is uh, done through uh, this data provider. So it's just um, there's a um, um, a specified format, and you can register custom attribute infos, tags, and so on. And um, yeah, these live in here, like uh, Svelte self, Svelte component. So if you type that out, Svelte uh, inside the HTML, then it will uh, show you auto completion for Svelte component with the description and so on, because we register it uh, down here. Uh, it's the this is the data provider, uh, and uh, they are the Svelte specific stuff for the HTML is uh, added, and then uh, yeah, over here at uh, the HTML plugin, this is then used to instantiate the HTML language service, and then uh, it knows about those, and then it's just forwarding it. That's I don't know. I, ho I hope that's <laughs> understandable. <laughs> yeah, is there, is there so, attributes? So, so the oh, uh, I, I was just going to say like if the attribute checking uh, doesn't happen here because this is all HTML stuff. It's this is more attribute checking is more in the Svelte TSX section of things. Yeah. So that that so uh, attribute checking of um, uh, other Svelte components that is done in the TypeScript plugin. Yes. So this is just a normal HTML uh, text that that right. those attributes are done here, and um, then some more stuff is done in uh, in, in in TypeScript plugin. Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> it's just hard to uh, to to get used to that uh, at first because it's four in one and uh, what is where that's a little confusing at first. <laughs> was the same for me in the start. That was great. It's a nice structure because it means everything is sort of scoped and does what it's supposed to do, and there's no sort of crossover, which is quite nice. Yeah. yeah. What, what, are, what are the like the, the big sort of unsolved issues or you know the things that you're struggling with right now? Um, what we're struggling with right now is the <laughs> Preprocessor stuff because uh, for some reason uh, some of the um, Svelte.config.js don't get they they sometimes don't get picked up or the the um, the require of that uh, preprocessor inside there does not work out the right way and then people get this uh, hey you're using uh, it seems like you want a preprocessor, but something failed there. Um, there's a there's a message for that, and uh, some people get that even if they have uh, a Svelte uh, config set up. So this is uh, one of the uh, big issues right now. It's uh, it's hap it happens mostly for for uh, uh, SCSS actually, because um, most people use uh, Node.js. Um, to preprocess um, SCSS into 
um, CSS. And Node.js is very sensitive to the Node version that is used. So uh, if you use, <laughs> if I don't know if I don't know what uh, if VS Code is uh, using as Node version, um, but if that does not match the Node version you are you have installed yourself, um, uh, it's it will likely blow up because um, the uh, preprocessor and Node.js is then loaded in the context of that other Node version. And then Node.js will say, hey, no, that's not uh, the Node version I expected, and uh, throws up. And, uh, and isn't this because Node.js is a native Node module? Yeah, yeah and that's right. And would, would switching to SAS, which is written in Rust, would that actually um, solve the problem? Because I know that you can install in Node, you can either install one or the other. I try yeah, to use the Rust because it's, native, it's not native modules. Yeah, I, um, I think so. So if you just use SAS instead of Node.js, um, this problem will likely uh, go away. Yeah, that's. Uh, I haven't actually tried that myself yet because there's another way you can solve this. At least I can solve it like this. <laughs> but uh, it seems like some people cannot. So there's actually um, a setting. So there's this setting. Where is it? Uh, language server dot runtime. So here are listed all the the settings you you can uh, uh, have on the the uh, Svelte beta plugin, and one of them is the language server runtime, and um, you can set that um, to the node executable you have, um, and then the language server is run with that node version. So the node.js error should then go away, but uh, apparently not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I've run into this a couple of times, actually, um, even before the Svelte beta uh, extension existed. Um, yeah. So it's stuff like that. This is, uh, yeah. Basically, the, the preprocessor, I mean, it's a, it's a really nice thing for uh, extensibility, but uh, <laughs> in terms of the this uh, language server it's kind of a nightmare <laughs> because you have to think about so many things and uh, interoperate with the with the user's uh, code uh, in, in in a certain way by using its preprocess options and so on so that is a uh, yeah that can be a hurdle sometimes yeah all right um do we have any more? Um, I have a, I, I have a, yeah, I have one more question. Uh, just kind of thinking, thinking this all through. Um, do linting and pretty linting um, belong in the same layer? Uh, because they seem to be handled separately. Uh, linting is uh, done through the, there's a Svelte is lint plugin, I think. And um, yeah. to get the linting, you have to install that plugin, and uh, I think then it should work with ESLint, the, the extension. But I, I, I didn't uh, look into detail for that. Right, that, that really makes sense to live separately, or, or like, should it be the same plugin? Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and pretty and pretty pretty printing as well. Like, um, I've, I've noticed that when I when I switch, for example, my template language to Pug, um, the pretty printer just like doesn't recognize Pug and just collapses all my white space for me. Very helpful. 
Tama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so pr printing is a part of the plugin, um, but you can disable it if it uh, screws up your formatting. So you can just uh, disable this one, svelteformat.enable. If you just disable that one, then it will uh, not uh, format your right. files. And um, under the hood, uh, the prettier plugin Svelte is used for that, which is also part of the Svelte.js org right now. Yeah, it is a good question, uh, like whether those should live at language server. But I guess part of the, pro the Equus problem is that a bunch of these solutions were solved before there was a language server. And even then, like, Having it having it separate means that it works on the CLI. Well, now now we also have a CLI that makes calls to the language server, Svelte check, um, to to run all that same code uh, against each build file. Um, but realistically, there will be people that want to use different editors or do different things. That like you know, having the ESLint integration makes sense for your linting rules. Having the prettier integration makes sense for your pretty like formatting, and trying to get the tooling to just be like. Yeah, we'll, we'll respect that there are edges that we just don't touch um, from language service perspective. I think is a pretty good call. Like, we still need to call it. So, like, language, like the prettier thing, it should be integrated, but the ESLint, it shouldn't, which is weird. But I think the right way to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, though, okay. I think okay. part Fair of enough. this is just. Uh, yeah, it's still it's still in early stages. Uh, it has to grow, and uh, the the format thing, for example, uh, was already part of the uh, the old uh, Svelte um, extension. So we just left that in. Um, yeah, but you can argue that maybe it's not the right place for that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth looking at what other communities yeah, do for this. Asking. No, it's a good argument. Like, you know, TypeScript ships with its formatter, but it doesn't ship with a linter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, th so then it's okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we follow things that other communities establish, and I think that's a perfectly defensible uh, explanation. Yeah. All right. Do we have any any last few questions or? Um, I think so. I think I'm on my on my end. I'm I'm good. I have to go and play with TypeScript now. I have to I have to know more now. I have to I have to learn it. So. Yeah. Yeah. That pitch in the start. <laughs> <laughs> Sold me. It's working. It's working. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys uh, for uh, for doing this, um, for uh, spending spending your time um, telling us about TypeScript support in Svelte. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's, You're I, welcome, it's, folks. Uh, it's very very popular. Yeah. All right. Bye. Yeah, I'm gonna pause the recording for for myself and yeah. <laughs>